Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Come on, I love it. I'm so glad you're here. Once you high five your neighbor, say you sound good today. Sound good today. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so honored that you're here. Listen to me. Picked a great day to be at church. We're going to be in the middle of a brand new series that we're starting called Marked. And I just want to tell you, before we get started, we always love to do this. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and reach around behind you or wherever you set it, grab that. We're going to read it as we stand, if you're able to, in honor of God's Word. And uh, we're going to just jump in today. It's in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. This is what the Bible's going to say. If you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready. Ah, it was all right. I said, if you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready. All right, good. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says this. If I can get there, there we go. It says, one day, somebody shout, one day. As Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds, about like this second service right here. Come on, somebody, right? Pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Then he's stepping into the boat. Jesus asked Simon, or another name for him, we know him as Peter, Simon Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, that's what he said, Now go out where it is deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Master, watch Simon's reply. He says, hey, we worked all night. Somebody say, all night. All night, night, didn't catch a thing. But watch what he says. But if you say so, Jesus, I'll let down the nets again. And this time the nets were so full that they began to tear. And a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, I think really what he realized was who he was in front of, honestly. When he realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please forgive me. I'm such a sinful man, for he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the son of Zebedee, were also amazed. Then watch what he said. Jesus replied to Simon Peter, don't be afraid, but from now on, somebody shout, from now on. Now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as they landed, I love this part right here, they left everything and followed Jesus. I love that so much. It's a challenging little piece of scripture, but I can't wait to break it down with you today. And we're starting a brand new series called Marked. Somebody shout Marked. Marked. And I'm going to talk to you about that in just a second, what that looks like. But today, the title of today's message is Messy But Marked. Messy But Marked. So let's pray. Once you stretch your hands towards heaven, just ask God to be in this place as he already is. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, do what only you can. Would you speak to us as only you can? God, would you just minister how only you can? Would you just, God, we may have walked in here with a, one of the worst weeks of our life. There may be some people in here in the middle of a struggle, in the middle of a trial, in the middle of questioning. But God, I just pray today that you would speak so clearly to them, Jesus. We love you. 
Lord, we honor you. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the grave. Thank you that just because it's not Easter Sunday on the calendar doesn't mean that you are just, you just got out of the grave last week and stayed there. No, no, no. You are alive and we worship you today with everything that we've got, Lord. We love you. We honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name that we pray and everybody say it. Amen, amen. Come on, one more time. If you love Jesus all over this house, come on, let's give him a big shout of praise in this place. Come on, anybody love Jesus in here? Come on, give him a big shout of praise in this place. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Once you high five your neighbor, say, I'm glad you made it to church. You could look like you should use some church today. Go ahead, tell them. You look like you should you you could use some church today. Go ahead and have a seat. You can have a seat. Awesome. 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 I'm so glad that you're here. Man, it's Baptism Sunday. And so, man, we had uh, seven people in our first experience just go public with their faith. Come on. That is a big deal. That's not just something we should just golf clap about. That's something we should get excited about. And we got 11 people this service that are going to be going public with their faith in Jesus. Come on. Anybody excited about that today? So I want to welcome all you families that are here. Maybe you call Purpose Church home, maybe you don't. Man, we're just so honored that you're here. And, and uh, again, I want to just start off by celebrating what God has done over the last few weeks uh, here at Purpose Church. And I just want to tell you, thank you for inviting your family, inviting your friends, telling your coworkers, like, here we are in a room full. We are out of room again, and we're trying to figure all of that out. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the sermon, and we'll work through some of that too. Um, but the last, last Sunday was Easter Sunday, and I just want to celebrate. We actually had our largest attendance that we've ever had. We had 1,131 people come to church last Sunday, which is awesome. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. And am I crazy enough just to believe that God is just getting started? Like, I just believe he's just now starting. Like, we, we, we are a, a, an infant, not, not an infant, but we're more like a toddler with a big old head learning how to walk. Come on, somebody, right? That's what we are. And, but I just want to share with you a number that I think is better than that first number. I love everybody that was here. But I will tell you that we had 32 people decide to give their life to Jesus last Sunday. Come on. Can we celebrate that together? I'm not talking about a little golf club. Like, oh, look at that. No, no, come. Can we celebrate Jesus in this place? 32 people. Come on, I love that. I love it. I love it. So I want to celebrate that with you all. Again, I want you to know that numbers are important, but they're not the most important, but they represent people, and they represent individuals, and they represent families that I believe are forever changed, and I just want to tell you, let's go. God is just getting started, and I'm so honored to be on this journey with you, and today we start a brand new series called Marked, like I said, and I just want to let you know this whole series has been in my heart actually for a few years, um, pretty much ever since we started our church, and this is one of those series that I feel like uh, it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, like almost a shaking is what it is. It's like just a little bit of one of those things I feel like God is calling our church uh, to step up in a way that I don't know that we've even seen so far. And again, it's this series called Mark. Somebody say Marked. Yeah, marked. And, and this idea, if you think of Marked, I want you to think about this idea of being tattooed with something. And so again, um, I, I want you to think about a tattoo, that a tattoo looks like it's a permanent marking that's on somebody, and again, maybe here even in a few weeks, I'm just going to tell everybody, this is going to be even the vision uh, from the very beginning, was the fact that we might even have a person on this platform that gets a tattoo during the service, okay? Now here's the deal, I share that, I share that with you. Because here's the thing, and I know that some people in the room might be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't understand that. Like, what's Leviticus say about that? I, I know what the Bible says. And again, let's go and read the whole chapter. We'll talk about some context. But I do realize that in Revelation, Jesus comes back written on his thigh and on his robe as King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on, somebody, all right? So 
We'll talk about that another time, but, but I do want to just share with you my heart for this series as a church. And again, I want us to understand, like, like here's how I feel like what, this church was never created. We never set out from the beginning to make Purpose Church a place just for church people. Again, I grew up in church. I love having church. I love being a part of a church. I love that y'all are here, but here's the heart behind our church is the fact that we just wouldn't be a church for church people. We didn't want to create a place that, again, you had to have it all together before you could show up. Come on, somebody, right? That you had to have it all buttoned up and nice and like it just becomes a country club for Christians. No, it is a hospital for the sick. It is a place that people can come that are broken, hurting, and yet they can find healing in the name of Jesus. I love what C.T. Studd had to say. And if you got a last name like Studd, come on, you know it's going to be good, right? So this is what he had to say. He said, some want to live within the sound of a church or a chapel bell, but I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Come on, somebody. And I'll just tell you the heart of this church. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe it's your first time after Easter, and you're like, okay, Okay, I want to check this out a little bit more. But again, I think there's so many of us, I just kind of want to start us out on the same page because I think a lot of us walked in this place today and some of you are carrying labels that the world, markings that the church or a friend or a situation or the enemy or society, they have put a temporary label on you. But can I remind you of something today? That you are not what the world says about you. That you are not what the government says about you. You are not what the situation says about you about you. You are not what the past mistake says about you, but because of what Jesus has done and because of who Jesus is, you are what God says about you. And listen to me, the enemy has tried to label you, and some of you are carrying that temporary marking on your life that you think you're just a mistake. You think you're you're just damaged goods. You think you've done too much for God to use me. I'm divorced. I, the way I look, the, the addict that I was or am, or anxious or I'm depressed and we've all had situations in our life where we think that when we doubt what God has called us to be and what God has called us to do. But listen to me, church, that ends today. Somebody say today. Because for far too long, we've let other people say who we are, but the only one that has the right to permanently mark you is the one who created you in his image and for his glory. And listen to me, according to his word, you've been chosen, not forsaken. You're redeemed. You're justified by Christ. You've been made new because of Jesus. You are set apart for a special purpose. God has marked you. God has called you. God has purposed you to do more with you your life than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Somebody shout, I am marked. Come on, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place? I'm just going to tell you, I'm ready. I'm excited because, again, I want this place to be a place. It's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. And okay, this is going to be that place for that. And again, I believe that you are marked. Labels, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll lock us in and they'll block God out. It's what a lot of labels will do to you and I. Man, we've been marked by that for years. Man, I can never get past that. I am just this. And so many times we discount where we are in our life and believe the lie, the label, the mark, that if God wanted to do something great, like he would use somebody else to do it. But listen to me right now. God wants to use you. God wants to use your gifts. 
that God wants to use your talents to make a difference for him in the lives of the people around you. And I just want to just challenge you with that. That's what this series is going to be. So do not miss a week of it. All right, don't miss a week of it because I believe God is going to speak to us every single week. And again, you may discount your situation. You may discount where you're at. You may discount like, oh, God could never use me. But I want you to write this down. And I felt the spirit of Dr. Seuss all over me when I was writing this, this down. All right, so I want you to write this down. It's going to rhyme. This is all I had to do this week. Come on, somebody, right? I just want to make this rhyme. It's not really all I had to do. I just want to let everybody know that, but, like, this is fun. Okay, here we go. So I want you to write this down. Your location plus your vocation plus your participation may be the perfect combination that God uses to change a generation. Okay, I'll say it again because it's a little Dr. Susie. All right, here we go. All right? Your location, where you are right now in your life, your vocation, what you are doing right now in your life, your participation. Listen, that may be the perfect combination that God uses to change a generation. And I'm just naive enough to believe that God can do it right here in Murray, Kentucky. I'm just crazy enough to believe that this is just getting started. I'm just crazy enough to believe that what God is doing in you and through you, like God can do more than you can ask, think, or imagine. And so we're going to look at that over the next couple weeks, and I hope you will tune in for that. I hope you'll just be leaning into that and take some notes because we're going to learn from a guy today I think a lot of us can understand from. I think a lot of us can understand this guy named Peter. And again, whether you grew up in church or not, you've probably heard of this dude named Peter. If you've heard of Peter in the Bible, come on, just wave at me like you just do care. Come on, somebody. All right, yeah, yeah. You've heard of Peter. Again, it may be like the, the butt of a joke or whatever. Like maybe you haven't been to church in a long time and you, you always know, okay, like uh, two guys die and they get to heaven and there's Peter standing at the pearly gates, right? Like you've heard that name. You kind of understand who this guy is. Maybe you know some of his story. Maybe you don't know all of it. But as we were talking about him last week at the end of the Easter message, I just could not get Peter off of my heart when it comes to this idea of this marking that was on his life. And again, if we had to rate Peter, I'm going to go out and say, Peter was probably like top five of the most influential Christians to ever live, right? Like, okay, think about it really quick. Like, if you had to rate like top five NBA players of all time, we all know Michael Jordan is number one. Come on, somebody. And like, LeBron's three or four or five or whatever, somewhere down there. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. All the LeBron lovers in the room, I do like Michael Jordan, though. Um, but, but like, if we had to take a, a poll, obviously, you'd think of like the top five guys that ever played in the NBA, and like, you'll kind of come up with a list. I think if we did the same thing with people who made an impact, for Jesus, I really do think that Peter will be in that top five. I think Peter would be one of those guys that we would say, wow, that dude right there did a lot for Jesus. Man, he made a difference for Jesus. And I think a lot of us, probably what we're thinking is what made Peter so impactful. You know what he had to have? He had to, listen, he had to come from a great family. Rich family? Nope. That ain't it. He didn't come from a rich family. You know why? Guess what? He was a fisherman. Right? This was not a lucrative career back then, okay? It's what your family did, and that's just something that you did if you didn't make it in school, okay? So maybe you're thinking, okay, you know, he, 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 oh, okay, he's not very, he's not very uh, uh, born into a rich family. Maybe it's in like a, uh, a really, really influential part of the world. Like really influential, big city, lots of resources, lots of people that he knows. Nope, actually, he was actually born in this place called Capernaum, which is pretty tiny and just a little fishing village, all right? So, like, that ain't it either. Okay, maybe some of you are like, oh, he had to be smart. Had to be some smart, like, he had to have some brains. He had to know some stuff. Well, actually, he flunked out of Bible school as a kid and had to go and be a fisherman for the rest of his life, right? That's literally the track that Peter was on. 
That's literally the path that Peter found himself on. And again, what makes Peter so impactful, I think a lot of times we equate it to some of those things, but in fact, it's none of those things. You know what made Peter so impactful? He was marked. That Peter was marked. And I came to tell somebody today, so are you. You may have walked in here and you think, you know what, I don't have much to offer, or I've got a lot to offer, but man, I've just been in a lot of different areas, and man, God can never use me. I'm just kind of average. I'm just kind of ordinary. I'm an everyday person who has screwed up too much for God to use me, and you're thinking, what in the world could God do through me? And here's what I came to tell you, the same thing he did through Peter. The exact same thing he did through Peter. Jesus loved him, and he used him to make a difference, not because he was perfect, but because he was marked, and he was willing to say yes to Jesus in a moment. And so I just got this thing inside of me today that I'm going to get out to all of us. God loves to mark ordinary people to do extraordinary things. God loves that. He, he specializes in the business of that. And so if you're going to live a life that is marked, there's going to be a few things I think we have to do. And we're going to learn that together from the life of Peter and from the story that we just read in Luke chapter 5. Everybody good? If you're good, say, I'm ready. All right, so here's the deal. I want you to write this down. The very first thing that you're going to understand is being marked means that you got to make some room. Come on, flex your elbows out like this around you right now. You may not know them. You may do know them. Just come on, say, make a little room. Make a little room. Just making a little room. Yeah, make a little room, right? So, hey, listen, if you're going to live a life that is marked, you have to make some room. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. We're reading right here. This is what we just read all together. But let's break it down a little bit in some points together. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, watch what it says. Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. See, this is what I know is that when the word of God is preached, that crowds will show up. And it may be your first time here, it may be your first time in a long time, or you're trying to check out, hey, what's this place called Purpose Church about? Listen to me. We will be a house where Jesus is our point, and we will always stand on and preach the Word of God. Like every single Sunday, go ahead and bring this with you. You know why? We're going to open it every single week together. There's not going to be one week where we don't open the Word of God, and we don't declare that over our lives. We are unapologetic Jesus people. See, I believe if we're going to experience change, in this city, in this community, in this state. It's not going to be through the power of government or something else, but through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we believe. That's what this church is about, and that's what we will always stand on. And so again, Jesus standing on the bank, preaching the word of God. How many of y'all know that had to be good when the word is talking about the word? Come on, somebody, right? Had to be a good sermon. Man, he's preaching good. Jesus on the bank, little area called Capernaum, nothing super special about Capernaum, just a little fishing town, just a little agriculture area, kind of sound a little bit like Murray, Kentucky, right? Nothing fancy, just Murray, Kentucky. Here was what happening. Uh, teaching the word of God, more people begin to show up. And watch what happens. Jesus looks over at Peter and says, stop, hey, 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 we got to make some room. We got we to make some room. Let's do whatever it takes for more people to hear the word of God. And here's what I know is that crowds always follow Jesus, and Jesus was never bothered by the crowds. So I know know it's crowded in here, but I love that we're going to gather around the name of Jesus. 
And again, we're going to do whatever we can to make sure we get a little bit more room. But here's my heart. Over the last couple of weeks, we've kind of worked through some of those things of getting as many people around the name of Jesus as possible. Easter weekend, last weekend, 1131 people showing up, gathering around the name of Jesus. Egg drop. We served a couple thousand people. Easter egg drop the weekend before. Guess what? We're getting as many people rallied around the name of Jesus as possible. Project Soul, where we gave shoes to 326 families right here in Callaway County. You know what though all of that is for we are willing to do whatever it takes as a church to gather around the name of Jesus and because this is the deal there's a danger in church sometimes right the danger is this you know what it's us four and no more come on somebody right how many of y'all been, like you got a holy huddle going on come on somebody right like there's this uh, it's, it's about us it's for us it's about my preferences but here's my heart as your pastor god has not called us to stay here because the last time i checked there's about 40,000 people that call Callaway County home and about 8 to 10,000 college students that call Murray State home 8 out of 12 months and i just believe that we as a church are called purposed and marked to not stop making room to not stop preaching the gospel and to not stop until every person in Murray, Kentucky knows their God-given purpose in Jesus' name. Bring on the crowds. We're just getting started with who God is calling us to reach. Come on, if we believe that, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise in this room? And we're going to make some room. We're going to figure it out. We're going to make room together, but I would love this so much. Not is it, that, not is it just that the, the multitudes made room, or they made, Jesus made room for the multitudes. He also asked Peter to make room. I love that so much, that yes, Jesus was concerned about the crowd, but he was considerate of the one. I love that so much about the God that we serve. And the fact is that, guess what? Peter makes room himself. So the Bible says, verse 2, he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Watch what it says. Stepping into one of them, Jesus asked Simon Peter, its owner, push it out into the water, right? So push it out. And so he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. Listen to me. Jesus looked at Peter and said, hey, I know you got plans for this boat. I got better plans for you. I know you got some means of how you think you want to provide for your family, but I got a different mark on your life. Hey, let me borrow your boat. I want you to make some room for me. And I love that Jesus goes after Peter. And what it begins to remind me of is the fact that Jesus is consistently and intentionally pursuing people even to this day. That you're here, you're listening online, or you're listening on the podcast, and you need to understand that you have a God, an infinite God, that is consider- and concerned about the whole world, but is considerate of the one. And he's coming after you, and he wants to get in your boat, he wants to be in your life. And so, see, listen, I love this so much because Jesus, we always want Jesus to do something for us, but many times we're not, ma- we're not willing to make room for Jesus to do those things. I think it's so true in my life. God has marked you, though. God has called you. God has purposed you. Listen to me. Would you be willing to make room in your heart today for Jesus to do what only he can do in you and through you? I'm just asking you that. Because, again, if you're marked, guess what? You're going to have to make some room. All right, everybody good? Everybody good? All right, number two, I want you to write this down. Being marked will push you out of your comfort zone. Being marked will push you out of your comfort zone. Look at what verse 4 has to say. When he had finished speaking, he looks over at Simon. Jesus looks over to Simon Peter, and watch what he says to him. Hey, hey, Peter, listen. Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. 
See, I love that Jesus will never ask you to take a smaller step of faith. Right, the first time, you know what he did? He looked at Peter and said, all right, all right, I'm going to step in your boat. Just push it out. Just push it out from shore, right? Come on, somebody, just, come on, use your hand, everybody. Come on, this is, this is a participation today. Come on, like this, just like this. Push it out. Come on, push it out, all right? So, so that was the first time that Jesus asked Peter what to do, right? He said, hey, hey, just push it out from shore. I'll teach from there. But watch what he says. Hey, hey, now, the second time, I want you to go out where it's even deeper, Listen, Peter, I have marked you. I've called you. You know what now it's time to do? It's now time to step out of your comfort zone and obey me. And notice that because Peter said yes to Jesus, watch what happens. Something supernatural was about to take place. And listen to me. I wonder what supernatural Jesus-honoring event is on the other side of your comfort zone. I want you to think about that. What's on the other side of there? Because here's the deal. We all like to be comfortable, don't we? Come on, somebody. Anybody already thinking of a nap this afternoon? Come on, somebody. Anybody there? Some of y'all is already sleeping in here. And guess what? If you can sleep through my sermon, let that baby sleep. Come on, somebody, right? If they can do it, just let them get that rest. They need it, all right? Anybody thinking of a nap this afternoon already? Come on, it got cold today. This week's been a lot. You've been working in the yard all week. You deserve a Sunday afternoon nap. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all, real quick, how many of y'all get under the covers in your bed for a nap? That ain't no nap, y'all. Come on, I just need a, th- I need a throw. You know what I'm talking about? Like a throw out on the couch. Anybody a throw on the couch kind of person, all right? But either way, all right, so some of y'all get in the bed and cover your feet up in the bed for a nap. I don't know nothing about that. How many of y'all do that? We're going to pray for y'all sinners today. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Just joking. Just joking. But either way, let's talk about it. Either way, we like to get comfy, don't we? Come on, someone kicking those feet off. Oh, I like it. Sunday afternoons for getting horizontal. Come on, somebody. Right? Ain't nothing about vertical in this boy. I'm going to be horizontal. I'm going to be laying on the couch. Right? I think a lot of us, we like to get comfy. Whether we, you know, putting your, put, getting a nap in the, in the bed or on the couch, whatever. You like to be comfortable. And I think about the same thing happens with our life when we're following Jesus. Because what happens is we like to control everything that's going on around us. We like the comfort of the boat where it is. I'm good here. It's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. And I'm okay staying in this spot of my life. And I just got to tell some of us in the room, listen, if you're going to live a marked life, a purposed life, listen, you are going to get pushed out of your comfort zone. And watch what happens when Jesus pushes Peter out of his comfort zone. The very first thing that Peter begins to do is a lot like what we do. You ready? Because what happens is this. Peter starts using some excuses. Come on, somebody, right? Starts using some excuses. But this is what I want you to know. It's so uncomfortable what Jesus has asked Peter to do. Like, you got to realize that fishermen at this time understand, like, Jesus just asked Peter to do something weird, something different, something uncomfortable. Because you know what? Fishermen didn't fish during the day, during this time. Did you know that their nets like had this like almost this glare that would scare the fish away? So what they would do is they would fish at night. They didn't have all these depth finders like some of you boys in here be bass fishing, be knowing exactly where they are. Come on, somebody, right? No, 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 they didn't have that. They would fish at night. And what happened is, so just imagine for just a second, Jesus is telling Peter, hey, you're a professional fisherman, Peter, but I want you to listen to me. I want you to push out further, and I want you to let your nets down. And listen, just imagine for a second. Imagine a crowd like this and Jesus speaking to Peter. 
Because a huge crowd is on the shore. Jesus just preached to them. Just had a great sermon to them. Huge crowd standing on shore. Jesus asked Peter to step out of his comfort zone in front of a bunch of people who would see him. And again, in just a little while, we're going to have some people that step out of their comfort zone and get in a baptism tank where sometimes they don't like to be the center of attention. But it's not attention to themselves as much as it is letting all of us know that they love Jesus and they want to. They, they have a relationship with him and they want everybody to know, right? So they're stepping out of their comfort zone by maybe getting in a tank of water. And so what are we going to do? We're going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate this next step towards Jesus. Watch what Peter does. Peter said, hey, hey, listen, Jesus asked Peter, trust me, even though everyone around you might think you've lost your mind. Even though everybody around you might have thought, you know what, this dude, he's, he's out there. I mean, he's stepping out of his comfort zone. And watch Peter's response to Jesus when he's pushing him out of his comfort zone. Jesus, master, Simon replied, we, somebody say we, we worked all night. And didn't catch a thing. Right? Like, Jesus, listen to me. Like, like here's the deal. Jesus, I want you to know something. Like, I, I lit a great sermon just a second ago. Great sermon. Love you, Jesus. Thankful for you. Like, great job. I love what you're doing. Really love what's happening. But while you were sleeping, we were working. While you, and guess what happened? We ain't caught squat. Nothing. Ain't caught a thing all night long. And again, I think what happens is when God pushes you and I out of our comfort zone, he has marked you, he's purposed you, he wants to use you, and when he urges you out of your comfort zone, guess what happens? The excuses start rolling for us. Anybody ever been there? Man, God, you can't, no, 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 you can't use me. You know what I did? He does. Like, like no, 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 no. Do you know how I, how I speak or how I talk? He does. And yet what happens is when God and Jesus is asking us to step out of our comfort zone, what happens is, is the excuses start rolling. But what I love about Peter is in the middle of this, he has a change of heart. Right in the middle of his excuse, right in the middle of his mess, right in the middle of trying to figure out what the next step looks like. But watch what he says. He says, but if you say so, Jesus, I'll let the nest down again. If you say so, Jesus, I'll do it again. He didn't say, hey, I'll, I'll do it because it's easy. I'll do it because it makes sense. I'll do it because it's comfortable. I'll do it because it's normal. No, no, no. He just said, Jesus, if you ask me to do it, I'll do it. If you ask me to go there, I'll do it. Maybe some of you walked in this place today and you say, God, I don't understand what you've asked me to do. That's too difficult. That's too uncomfortable. That's too nerve-wracking. That's going to take some discipline. That's going to take some time. But I would just pray and hope that all of us would get to a point where we say, you know what, Jesus, because you've said so, I'll do it. If you say it, I believe it. And I want you to write this down. When God marks you, yours and my job is obedience. God's job is outcome. So like our job is not to control the outcome. Our job is to obey what Jesus has said. So I want to challenge you with that. What if we applied that to every area of our life, our relationships? God, I'm going to be obedient to you. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I'm going to, I'm going to follow you in everything that I do. And I'm going to leave the outcome up to you relationships, marriage, money, time, my week, sharing my faith. Jesus, if you say so, I'll do it. And I know you've marked me, and I'll step across the line of comfortability and say yes to whatever it is that you're asking me to do. See, listen to me. Look at me. Look at me, Purpose Church. Look at me. I need you to understand something really quick, that Jesus has greater plans for you than you have for you. That Jesus has greater plans for you than you have for you. But listen to me. It's on the other side of your obedience that those plans are waiting. 
It's on the other side of you saying yes to whatever Jesus is calling you to do. Your job is obedience, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's challenging, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult. Our job is obedience. God's job is outcome. And the last thing I'm going to tell you about is being marked is going to cost you something. You see some people, they're going to leave right now. They're going to go get ready for baptism because guess what? They're going to do something uncomfortable for some people in front of a lot of people because they love Jesus. Come on, as they're walking out, come on, let's just clap for them going. I like that. I like it. I like that. But listen to me. Being marked, the last thing I'll tell you about will cost you something. It will cost you something. So we know the story. We just read it at the top of the sermon today. Listen, we read it. They do exactly what Jesus says. It catches this incredible amounts of fish that literally the boat starts to sink. Peter realizes, you know what? I am a sinful man in the presence of Almighty God, right? He realizes who's he standing in front of. And this is just an extra point. I don't have time to run into it today. But being marked does come with some mess. Like being Mark does come with some mess. Because you see what he does right here in front of Jesus. He humbles himself, right? Because first of all, he just had the craziest catch of his life. And he knew who did it. It didn't make him more prideful. It actually humbled him. And literally what happens is, Peter, he stands in front of Jesus. Says, he's actually kneeling before Jesus. says, hey, I'm a sinful man. And listen to me. Being marked comes with some mess. If you follow the life of Peter, it was a mess. It was a mess, but that did not disqualify him from the mark that God had put on his life. Is there anybody thankful for that? (laughs) Is there anybody thankful? Come on, if we're going to thank God, let's thank him, right? Is anybody thankful that, that again, in my own life, man, there's there's some stuff about Dustin that's a mess, all right? There's some stuff that's a mess. But anybody thankful that even in the middle of the mess, there's still a permanent marking on your life? And I believe that to be true for so many of you in the room. But here's, listen to me. Being marked will cost you something. Being marked will cost you something. Watch what happens verse 9. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His, his fishing buddies, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon. Watch what he says. Hey, don't be afraid, but from now on. Somebody say, now on. Now. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I love that so much. And I believe that today is a from now on kind of day for somebody. They say, from now on. I've done it one way, but from now on, I'm listening to Jesus and doing what he says. Listen, I I used to be that way, but from now on, because of the blood of Jesus, I'm a different person. I'm living my life differently than I was before. Like I'm believing that that's going to be a from now on kind of day for somebody in this place. And again, that's kind of what it looks like with the picture of baptism. It's a from now on. I want everybody to know, hey, hey, I love Jesus. I got a relationship with Jesus. I want everybody to know that. And again, being marked, being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus has a cost. It has a cost. You, you and I, we can like the sound or the, the feeling of being marked, but there's very few people that check the price. There's very few people that do that because being marked has a cost. Think about it in this context. Largest catch ever, right? Deadliest catch, largest catch, all right? Most they ever caught. The most lucrative day ever. 
the most influential day ever. Again, they usually fish at night. Now there's hundreds, maybe thousands of people watching them haul in all of this fish. Right? And guess what? They could have been like, oh, look at us. Oh, look at what we did. Woo! Come on, I'm just trying to wake some of y'all up right now. Right? Woo! Look what we did. But that's not what happens. I love the fact that guess what? Being marked has a cost and people want to always talk about the promise without the price tag. And what happens is this. You can be marked for something, but if you don't consider the cost, it will lead to a life of pain. Because I know being marked, listen to me, it's going to cost you your plans. It's going to cost you your patterns. It's going to cost you your pleasures. And ultimately, it's going to cost the throne of your heart. Because that's where Jesus rightfully wants to sit. And he's the only one that deserves to sit there. But if you're like me, there's been many times in my life where there were other things sitting on the throne of my heart. And I just got to just tell somebody today that you have been marked, that God wants a relationship with you. He's got a purpose for you. But it starts whenever you say, you know what, it's going to cost me something. I'm willing to give up something for something I love even more. I'm willing to give up my ability, my jobs, my my. Uh, uh, whatever it might be, I'm willing to put Jesus on the throne of my life. And again, I just want to challenge you. Maybe you've never done that. I want to challenge you with today can be that day that you do that. Being marked, you're set apart, you're different, and God has a plan for you. And I'm telling you, it's not temporary. It is eternal, and he wants to do something with you. But first, you've got to give up the throne of your heart. You've got to give that up. So come on, all across this room, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You may be in this room right now, and you've never given your life to Jesus. I just want to tell you right now that I am so glad that you're here. We had a lot of people, even last Sunday, we had an Easter survey that even gave us the, the thought that said that they don't even plan on ever making the decision to follow Jesus, and they told us that. And I, I just want to tell you, I love being a part of church like that. I love being a part of a church where people may not... In this moment, feel like they need a relationship with Jesus, but I just believe the Spirit of God can work on them, and but that they can feel welcome in a place like this. But I know there's some people in this room, or even watching online, or listening on the podcast, like you have felt the call of God on your life today. That you're feeling this, this, uh, this draw to Him. And I believe that's the power of the Holy Spirit drawing you to Himself, drawing you to Jesus. So maybe you're in this room, and you've never given your heart to Jesus. I want you to understand just like Peter, man, Peter's life was a mess. Now you follow the life of Peter, it was a mess. But here's what I know, is that if you and I, the Bible tells us that we've all sinned, that we've all made a mess of this thing called life. Right? That every single person that's listening under the sound of my voice, the guy with the microphone in his hand, listen to me. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But what I'm so thankful for in Jesus is the fact that even while we were sinning, even while we were still in a mess, that Christ came for us. So maybe you're here, and you've never given your life to Jesus. I want you to know something, that he was willing to die in your spot and my spot. And the Bible says that if you and I will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we would believe in our heart that he raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. For it's the mouth that we confess, the Bible says, and it's with our heart that we believe. So maybe you're in here and you just need to have a heartfelt confession and belief today. 
where you put Jesus on the throne of your life. Maybe you're here and you need to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a prayer. I don't want you just to repeat it, just the words, and not mean it. You can say whatever you want, but you need to tell Jesus that you need to, Him to save you. But I want to lead you in something that may help you with that. I just want you to mean it in your heart. Say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you be the, the king and, and take your rightful place as the throne on the throne of my life? I give you my life today, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you got out of the grave. And I put my trust in you today. Help me live for you for the rest of my life. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross in Jesus' name. And maybe you're in here. Maybe you're all over this room or watching online or listening on the podcast. I want you to know that maybe that was something you just prayed right there. or Something like it, but you meant it in your heart. Just like 32 people did last Sunday where they said, hey, they needed Jesus in their heart. Maybe you're in this room and you just prayed to receive Jesus. If that's you, would you just shoot your hand up and you could just drop it right back down. Just raise your hand up in the air and you can drop it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything like that, but you can just raise it up and you can drop it right back down. Awesome. 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 I love that. Well, maybe you're in this room too. And man, today was just a reminder for you that you've been marked, that God has a plan for you, that God has a special purpose for you, not a temporary label, but a permanent purpose on your life. And maybe if you're like me in my life, sometimes it gets a little hazy. As I'm walking through life, I'm looking around different places. I'm looking around, and my focus has kind of drawn off of God. And maybe today you realize, you know what, I am marked. And I am set apart for a difference. And man, I gotta make some room. Man, we gotta put we gotta put church back in our life and our schedule and our family. I gotta I gotta begin to put Jesus first as I read my Bible. I gotta I gotta get uncomfortable as I share my faith. I gotta get uncomfortable as I invite somebody to church. Or man, I gotta I gotta be willing to do whatever it takes. It's gonna cost me something. It may cost me a relationship. It may cost me a job. It may cost me something. But you're just realizing today that you know what. I have some decisions to make, and, and you may need some prayer. Here's my heart for you. Would you just raise your hand and say, hey, I need some prayer in the area of my life. There's going to be a tough decision that I have to make. It's going to be a tough decision. I know I'm marked. You can raise it up. You can drop it right back down. I see you. Anybody else? Hey, that's me. Awesome. Awesome. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for my friends in this room. God, we're so thankful for today. We're so thankful that salvation was in the room today, that there's people that just raised their hand to accept you, Jesus. God, I thank you for the people that just raised their hand a second ago saying that they know that they have a relationship with you, but they know that there are certain things in their life that they may be in between you and them, or, or maybe they have a decision to make. Or uh, God, I just pray that you give them peace, everything that they put their mind to and their heart to, God, that you would just uh, clothe them with righteousness, with, with uh, I mean, just a purpose, that you know that what you're doing in their heart and what they're doing as they follow you. It may be uncomfortable, but God, would you give them a peace as they push out into deep water? Would you give them peace as they give up something that's going to cost them? God, I just thank you so much for that, Lord. We love you. Jesus, we honor you. We thank you for today, the celebration of people going public with their faith in baptism that we'll celebrate in just a second. God, we thank you for salvation again, being in this room today. In Jesus' name that we pray. Somebody say it big. Somebody say it loud. Say amen together. Come on, amen, amen, amen. Come on, do you love Jesus? Can we stand to our feet and can we make some noise for King Jesus in this place? I'm not talking about a little golf clap. I'm talking about the fact that salvation happened in this room today. Come on, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place today? Thank you so much again for listening. See you.
hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to OurPurpose.Church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.